Welcome to the Weekly Overtake Podcast. We're your hosts, Josh and Taylor. We're coming to you right after the MotoGP race uh, from Jerez in Spain. And um, yeah, it was a, a lot of stuff to talk about. We saw some historic things happen this weekend. Um, some really exciting things for the rest of the season, I think. Uh, we saw the championship stay close. Uh, we came in close, and it's uh, we're leaving the same way. We just kind of switched around a couple of folks. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, for sure the highlight of this weekend was the Patronus Yamaha satellite team. Uh, I think that their performance from the riders, from the team, uh, really speaks to, one, I think how um, how good the, the Yamaha is at its core. Um, how good these two rookies are, uh, Fabio Quattararo and Franco Morbidelli. Um, yeah, showing a lot of promise for the rest of their careers. Um, one of the historic things that happened this weekend, Fabio Quattararo took the, uh, the, the youngest person to ever uh, qualify on pole. He, he took that, um, that honor from Mark Marquez. So yeah, twenty-year-old guy doing big things, which is uh, great to see. Um, yeah, and so we'll start off with uh, with free practice and qualifying. Um, yeah, basically we saw um, Fabio and and uh, Franco qualify one-two um, with Marquez in third. Uh, it was a extremely um, entertaining free practice three. So, which I think is, which I think is really what kind of set this whole race, uh, the kind of, the kind of, uh, set the whole, you know, how the results came to be, um, big thing, big, big takeaway from, from FP3 was, uh, Rossi not making it into, into Q2. So, um, he had to battle in, in Q1, and uh, ultimately it only started 13th, which uh, obviously really hurt his ultimate place because um, he really found, he really f- came into his own and found some pace at the, you know, from the middle to the end of the race, uh, ended up finishing, oh, let's see, sixth, which is, I mean, great. I mean, that's, you know, that's, it's classic Rossi. I mean, on race day, you really can't count him out, but it was just his starting, his starting place that, um, that hurt him on there. So, uh, Josh, what did you, what did you think of, of, uh, qualifying? Qualifying itself was, uh, really exciting, uh, fastest lap after fastest lap on those, the second runs after they went out on those soft tires. Um, the, the story for me, I think was track temperature and obviously the new brand new surface that we have here. Uh, in Spain for MotoGP, we saw not only that record being broken by the youngest pole sitter in history, but also every lap record and uh, race lap record was broken this weekend as well on the brand new surface, which is to be expected. And I think the riders were really happy with this coming from Austin, Texas, where it's basically off-roading to them, you know, and then coming mm-hmm. here to a brand new uh, surface was nice. But that track temperature too changed a lot throughout the practices and in qualifying and even today on race day it was 10 degrees Celsius higher. Um, I think almost 12 by the end of the race when it was over like 43 degrees, which is super duper hot. And I was wondering how that was going to affect the wear. I think almost everybody went with a hard front except for Crutchlow went with a medium front. 
it really didn't seem to affect him much, but I was kind of keeping an eye on that during the race to see where that was going to go. And the Yamahas were really bad uh, during the early practice sessions. And then FP3 was much, much cooler. And they actually showed some better pace. They showed, you know, um, had better results there in free practice three. Uh, Rossi made up to 11th at that point where he was down in like 18th and 16th uh, prior to that. So I was wondering if the hot temperatures during the race was going to negatively affect them, but it didn't seem to at all uh, during the race. So, yeah. but yeah, surprising for the Patronus Yamaha SRT team out of Malaysia. It's their first year in MotoGP. So they were in Moto2 and Moto3 previously, but this is their first year at the top. And yeah, in the fourth race of the season to, to you know, lock out one, two with two young riders is really impressive uh, on their behalf. I guess anywhere you put the Patronus name, you see success, whether it's Mercedes or on a Yamaha and MotoGP. Yeah. Yeah. Cl- clearly a, uh, a top notch outfit. I mean, uh, they obviously are taking this very seriously. You know, I, I, uh, I'm just kind of shaking my head at, um, at tech you know, I'm, I, I just can't really imagine how they feel obviously given up, uh, what is a great bike? I mean, clearly, um, <laughs> just the result, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a combination, obviously it's like, it's a re- it's a combination of how good the Yamaha again at its core is. I think, I think the settings that they've used in the past, um, you know, we saw, we saw Zarco on the, on the satellite Yamaha do really well while the factory was struggling. So again, um, you have a great bike, you have some just raw talent, uh, and a great team and it doesn't take, you know, you don't, you don't have to be the best in any one thing to, you know, put it all together and get some great results. Yeah. We've seen um, it with Ducati as well between, I mean, the gap between factory and satellite, I think is much smaller in MotoGP than in other forms of racing, whether it's endurance racing or, you know, F1, but even with the Promax, sometimes just doing better than the Ducatis on, on certain days, you know, not all, not all the time consistently, but it's definitely, I'd be interested to see if they can keep it up. If Morbidelli, Moto2 champion last year, I think he's been pretty consistent this year thus far, but um, yeah, he wasn't able to hang. They hung for a while, actually, at the start of the race. I mean, Marquez came out and got that, that first corner lead, and yeah. the only person that can beat Mark Marquez is Mark Marquez. And that's what we saw last time around in Austin. Um, yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, this, this race today, I don't know if they pushed too hard early, the Patronus Yamaha team, to try and keep pace, and then ended up just having to fall back. Um, Quartaro had to retire, right? He had an issue with... Um, yeah, first, gearbox. Yeah. So he had to he he had, just pulled off, no wreck, just retired into the pits. And then Morbidelli consistently just got picked off by everybody as they made their way up to the pack. So I think the storyline of the race was the cream rises to the top, if you will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So diving into that, obviously, like you mentioned, Quattro, uh, having that gearbox issue, super unfortunate. I think he, obviously he had a lot of pace. Um, and I think he would have stayed up there, uh, towards the end, you know, which I don't, I don't, did you get Josh? Did you catch in, uh, the warm up session this morning? Mark Marquez had a uh, an issue with his bike. Yeah, he I heard had, I heard talks of it that Honda was having some issues with just mechanical trouble. Yeah, so that was I I didn't hear exactly what that was, but um, you know it's just kind of interesting seeing these these issues. I mean, hard hard to say what caused it. Maybe it was a fluke. You know, it's just kind of bad luck um, for Quattro. But but anyways, uh, you know, and I think with Morbidelli, um, and I and I think Quattro would have faced this as well. Um, I think. 
being a um, so young in MotoGP, I think what you what you one of the skills you learn is um, you know obviously managing the tire and then and then being able to keep the pace with degraded tires. And I think uh, yeah, at the end, um, Morbidelli just he couldn't keep the same pace with those uh, with those worn tires, which you know, a lot of other folks are able to do, but again, they've had a lot more experience on that. Um, but still a good showing. I mean, honestly, I don't, you know, I think that they are doing exactly what, what they expected to do. I don't, I'm, I'm not so sure that they are, that the Patronus team is, um, again, expecting race wins. I mean, of course, uh, but I think they're right where they need to be. I mean, they're, they're showing pace you know, they're getting their team together. So, uh, yeah, look think, at the lap chart. It wasn't until lap 10 where Morbidelli overtook Quartararo and then he fell off. It was, let's see, 20. So lap 15 was then when Morbidelli was replaced by Rins. So Rins made his way up the pack, like surprisingly well, super consistent. Um, he didn't get stuck as much. Rossi was trying to make his way up the pack too, but he got stuck behind Jack Miller there for a while. That Ducati, every time it was coming out of the corner, they just, couldn't get that edge on those straights. And, and then that's probably why the Ducatis, I don't say they suffered here, but they just didn't have the pace that the other bikes had because a lot of this track is spent leaning over and not straight up and down going down the straights. So they didn't have, they couldn't flex that muscle that is, you know, the top gear on that bike. Yeah. Um, lots of sweeping corners. It's a good track. I, I mean, just in, in, in principle, I like it a lot. It makes for good racing. Yeah. No, I, this is a track I'd, I would love to ride. Um, I see. I mean, you. It's a it's a popular track day, especially like UK folks. Um, it's a popular track day uh, venue. So yeah, it looks it looks awesome. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, Alex Renz. I mean, that man. He really. Uh, I think he's a real deal. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he, he's the real now deal. Coming through the first For race sure. of the season, Suzuki was hanging up there. Um, obviously, the win. In Austin, it wasn't handed to him because he still had to fight for Rossi after Marquez went down. I think we all know Marquez probably should have won that race, but mistakes happen. And I was hoping that wouldn't happen to him again today. I know it sucks when Marquez leads every lap and then wins the race, but it was kind of the same thing that happened in Austin. I was looking at the end, trying to see if there was any movement on that front tire because of the the temperatures that in the way they were. But I guess Honda did indeed rectify whatever issue they needed to fix with that bike so it wouldn't go out from under him. And he had the presence of mind to just keep pace and do what he needed to do to bring it home. So, right. That was good. Um, and I I think what was interesting is that, um, they, they did not seem to, uh, what what it seemed like is that they were pushing from the beginning. I mean, they were setting, I think a new race lap record was set like almost immediately. Um, which again, I mean, you could, it could come down to the new surface. Um, just had being able to do that. Right. and a lot of these races you see the leader like Marquez will um, he'll just be kind of setting the pace slow and everybody's just kind of following and, you know, and it doesn't, it takes until the, you know, f- five or 10 laps left to where people start turning up the wick. But uh, yeah, they seem to be pushing from the beginning, which was, um, which was cool. I mean, it just, again, Marquez is just kind of on a different level. And, uh, and I think the key this year for, Rins and Davi 
uh, and Rossi's especially is going to be consistency. You know, it's not going to necessarily be winning the race, but it's going to be, um, finishing high. Um, because again, Mark, he definitely could make another mistake. Um, and it's just going to be capitalizing on, on that. Um, yeah, thus far we've had three different race winners. This was the first repeat winner, and Marquez has now won two of the four. But with Davi winning the opener, Rins winning in Texas, I mean, it's still pretty open. I think it's important, like you said, even for those guys that have a bad qualifying or bad practice session like Rossi, that they have to make their way up the pack and make sure they're not just finishing in the points, but like those those top five points because that's going to make a huge, huge difference when it comes down to the end of the season and, and how close it is. That's why Davi, they were talking about at the end, I mean, he his – 24th lap but second the, lap, the second to last lap of the race was his fastest lap. That's when he was hunting down Vinales trying to get past. And right. Vinales did an excellent job defending. And he, he held it right there with him and, and did not let him get by. So Vinales surprised me. I expected him to either make a mistake or just push too hard. But he was really consistent throughout the race. Started fifth, finished on the podium, and, and fought well for you know, for his position. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I think, yeah, he, he got the, finally got a good start to the race. I mean, that's what he's been struggling with is, um, he'll, he'll set a, uh, awesome qualifying time, um, can finish, you know, the second half of the races. He's always seems to come back, but it's these starts that he's had trouble with. Uh, so yeah, kudos to him for, for staying in it uh, from the beginning. I think we have to mention this guy, uh, Jorge Lorenzo. Because really early in the week, he was a favorite. He's got tons of wins here, tons of podiums at Jerez, and then just didn't have good good sessions after practice was done through qualifying and with the with the crashes. And I mean, I yeah, he got you know, yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, I don't know. What do you say? Like, uh, is he just that fickle of a rider? Is it? Is he? It to me, it just seems like. Yes, he is a world champion, um, and he is a fast. Obviously, he's a fast motorcycle rider, but it's like the racecraft. Um, it's it's uh, being successful in all conditions or in a multitude of conditions, which it seems like he just completely lacks. Uh, he just doesn't have that grit that's that some of these other riders have. You know, I mean, Stefan Brottles finished, which the, he's a he's a honda test rider finished what five seconds ahead of him um yeah it's just yeah he was a wild card rider for this week he finished in yeah he was in 10th place at the end of the race lorenzo was in 12th so yeah about five five seconds ahead yeah and i mean that's just it's just um kind of unacceptable from from his caliber from what he number one what he's getting paid number two what his what his what he's capable of um how long is it? Do you know how long his contract is off the top of your head? I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything. I, I don't, season. but I mean, I, you know, they're not talking about him losing a seat this year. So I imagine he's got another year. Right. Uh, at, at least. So, you know, and this was uh, his place to perform, right? All the smack talk coming in like, Hey, if you're going to do well, this is where you have performed well in the past. Yeah. And I mean, he's on different bikes all the time too. Right. Cause he was on Ducati. Now he's on a Honda. I mean, he's been hopping around. Maybe he just needs that seat time if you will but i don't yeah. know what's going to help him going forward well the the big the big thing was that you know he crashed obviously he crashed um late last year 
uh, and then he crashed in in testing over the winter. So, so this race, um, you know, about six months or so after his last crash, was supposed to be okay. I'm fully healed. Uh, I this this is a quote you know a pretty close to a home track. Um, I know this. He knows this track well. So he's got. I mean, he's got an excellent record here. I mean, across all of his racing career. Um, so this was supposed to be. I mean, this is. There was, uh, you know, the weather was perfect. The grip was perfect. There was essentially no reason, barring, I don't know if we, if there's some sort of mechanical thing that was going on that we haven't heard about yet. But essentially, there was just supposed to be no reason that he couldn't be up there. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's going to face a lot of tough questions, like, you know. Every okay, so he struggles when conditions are not ideal, you know, whether that's whatever. Um, so conditions were ideal. So what's what's going on now? Are you right. is he is he still is he still not fully healed? Like, you know, what's what's up? So yeah, in, in his own head too, maybe. And he only ever advanced two positions the entire race. Started fifteenth, ended thirteenth. Like to me, that's that's just unacceptable. Like. Yeah, twenty five laps and go up two positions. Renz did that on two laps. You know, Rossi did, did it basically back to back too. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's always exciting when Rossi starts that charge. I think he started a little late today, and really the gaps at the front were too big for him to really do anything about it. But it's just so impressive how smooth he is. It's yeah, insane. it's that man. It's that experience that comes in late, late in this, late in the race where you know, tired, you know, grip isn't ideal or whatever, and. And he, uh, people are, other people are tired and he just finds, he pulls out it, you know, the extra, you know. Yeah, we didn't see too many grip issues today, actually. So I guess, I don't know if that's props to Michelin for making a really good hard tire that can perform when it's, you know, 115 degree track temp. But Mm -hmm. I didn't really notice too many guys that were struggling. There were some mistakes made on the corners where they came in too hot or ran wide, but there was never like any, you know, squirrely moments really with the tail of the bike or the front end of the bike. Um, the one incident we did have with Miller and Aleish Spargo, that mm-hmm. was that was more or less just them running into each other and being aggressive. So, yeah, um, Miller was not happy after that incident, but I guess rightfully so. No, but it definitely didn't look like Aleish did anything wrong. I think he just he went for the opening. I was just a, I was just yeah, just a racing incident. Yep. Didn't see him. I mean, and I didn't see anything pop up about. Uh, about them looking into it. So I think it was, no, it was all fair play. Yeah. In the yeah. End. yeah cool. No doubt. So I mean, all in all, I mean, yeah, no, I just all in all a, a solid race. Uh, I think it's, um, you know, it's good for the championship. I mean, we only have nine, nine points covering the top four still, um, which, you know, this is a long season. We've got uh, how many other races left? Um, it's 19 15. total, four down, 15, yep. Yeah, so uh, long season, a lot to go. Um, yeah, I can say that I'm just very happy with the way that this, the, the series is run to, to, to be able to, again, and I'll, like I mentioned again, mm-hmm. for two, uh, a rookie team having two, you know, one rookie, one guy, this is the second year, Morbidelli, but to, ha- to allow them, you know, the rules – allow a team like that to produce these kind of results um i think that's that's indicative of a really a solid run um championship yeah it's just a good organization as far as a whole i mean yeah it's definitely more unpredictable than other series 
That's for yeah. sure. And it makes it more exciting. And you get to hear all these names up and down, you know, the, the grid, like, because that the, the will happen with Quartoaro. Maybe you didn't recognize him before, but now he's, he's impossible not to see because he's sitting up on the front row. Yeah. You know? And he was, I don't know if he was nervous, but you could tell they kept paying him before the race and he was laying down in his tank, kind of getting in his head and trying to work everything out. I could imagine those nerves as being, he's barely, he's barely 20. Like his birthday's in April. You exactly. know, so it was like, like weeks ago. He's, you know, basically 19 brand new 20 year old. So, right. but yeah, I mean, hopefully, yeah, hopefully he can continue to do well and doesn't, you know, end up like, uh, like Zarco or whatever, you know, <laughs> did really well. And then, but I mean, he switched teams, so that's a whole different story, but yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I think he, he will. For, with fireworks last year and then. Yeah, and he's a Frenchman too, so I figure that's a correlation. And, and the next race we have is at Le Mans in France. So there'll be more Quattro fans along with the Zarco fans that are there uh, supporting their guys. So No doubt. No doubt. Yep. Well, I think, uh, Josh, if you, unless you got anything else. No, it was a long three weeks between races, and I'm, I'm glad we're back at it. Um, we'll be seeing you guys next week. We got Formula One in Spain at the Barcelona Catalonia circuit. That's Sunday, 12 May. And then the week after that, we're looking at the Le Mans race in France, 19 May Ford MotoGP. So excellent. Yeah. As always, thanks for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, uh, give us a review that helps us a lot. And, uh, if you want to send in some questions or if you think there's something we need to talk about or you want us to talk about, you can email us at weeklyovertake at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Cheers.